This is Luke. And this is Richard. And we're in Woven and Hiatus, and you're listening to Spinning Thoughts on Adobe Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 111. That's one, one, and one. All three together, 111. Pretty damn sweet. Welcome to Spinning Thoughts. This is Angelo coming at you. I want to welcome you if you are here for the midnight premiere on Adobe Radio. You are a stellar individual because it's late. Well, if you're on the East Coast, I'm being selfish and just thinking about myself. I guess it could be early. For others. So thank you so much for being here. If you're listening to this next week when it drops on all platforms, you know I dig you. You know I appreciate you. Anyway, anytime you listen to it, we love you. Thank you so much. Now, episode 111 is a band that I've actually had. Uh, I've thought about bringing this band on for the last couple months. I don't know why I've been dragging my feet on it. I, I listen to them all the time. I actually have a lot of fans of Spinning Thoughts that have been uh, asking me when uh, this band, I almost said it, almost gave it away, not like you don't already know, but, you know, we've had a lot of people, so I am very, very thrilled for this episode 111, so everybody at home, put your hands in the air like you just do care. I've got Luke and Richard from Woven in Hiatus. Guys, it doesn't get better for an introduction than that, does it? No, it does not. It was pretty great. I think <laughs> that that might be the way that you guys get, like, called onto stage moving forward. What do you think? It's definitely going to be, we're going to take that and uh, use it as our house music for our walk on. <laughs> guys, uh, Luke and Richard, thank you so much for being here. Where are you guys at right now? We're in, uh, we're in Nashville right now. Uh, we all moved here collectively, um, aside from our drummer, and uh, we're having a really nice time. We're making music all the time, and it's great. Is, is it really as cool as I think it is to, I've, I, now I've never been there, and I, I feel ashamed every time I say that to a band on the show. But uh, so I've never been there. I mean, I got to assume, though, that it's a pretty magical place to be in a band and, and to be as active as Woven in Hiatus is. What do you think about that whole perspective? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely awesome. There's a lot of <clears throat> great musicians here. It's definitely humbling to be in a city with such great talent. Um, you can literally walk down uh, the main strip Broadway and just see a bunch of musicians that are way more talented than you and be like, <laughs> well, I need to get better now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's a good, it's a good centralized location for touring. So we're going to be ramping up touring more since moving here. And, uh, we've also just been productive living in a house together and making music all the time and writing. So it sounds like, uh, some good shit's going on and we're all very, very excited to see where the future of woven in hiatus takes everybody. Now, before we start to look into like what's about to be happening here with the band, uh, toward the end of this week. And then of course, in December, there's some stuff going down. I want to just kind of reflect a little bit on the, uh, uh, debut full length anatomical hearts. Uh, it just celebrated its one year anniversary this, this October. Uh, and there's again, some exciting news to discuss about this album. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's just uh, look at some of the intricacies of anatomical heart. So what's, what's this album done for the band since it dropped in October of 2016? 
Um, well, it's been, uh, time's been going really fast, actually. We, um, it's like crazy when the, I was like reminded that it had come out one year, one year ago, a couple, it was like a week ago on, on my time hop. And, uh, it's really like changed the scope of, uh, where, where, what we were doing and, uh, where we were going with the band pretty much. Um, you know, it's, uh, kind of been the catalyst that's brought us on tour, like our first tours and, um, it's brought us together closer as musicians. And, uh, I feel like we've all really, really grown this past year as musicians and, uh, it's 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 really interesting because we never uh when we started the band it was kind of just like a passion project and we didn't know how far we would take it but it's allowed us to meet a lot of awesome people uh play shows in all sorts of places that we never would have expected and meet a bunch of talented artists that we never would have expected so it's been it's been life-changing to say the least for us at least yeah i would say so there's been a lot of great things that has happened for the band and continues to happen rightfully so since the release of anatomical hearts now there's a beautiful dynamic of instrumentation and vocal diversity on the album what inspires or influences the music of woven in hiatus what are you pulling from um so I guess uh, me and Richard will both talk. We all have like very different influences and backgrounds in music um, in terms of like where our influences come from. Uh, for me, it's I, I listen to a super wide uh, variety of music and uh, I also record music um, on the side. Uh, and so I end up working with a lot of artists and get introduced to a lot of different music and pull from pretty much everywhere. Uh, for me, like my main focus in the band is, is the lyricism and the songwriting aspect of it. And um to me some of my biggest influences i'm i'm like really kind of more into the uh like direction of like classic music more like johnny cash and uh pink floyd and simon and garfunkel and bands like that but um yeah for me a lot of the the influences older folk music with a lot of focus on the lyrics and the songwriting but uh richard can talk a little bit about his influences as well yeah um i would say more of my influences uh being you know the acoustic guitar player and the I have one song that I sing, and I, I derive a lot of influence from this uh, band called City and Color, uh, with yeah. the guitar work and his, uh, you know, the way he goes about writing all of his songs. And um, I, I, I also listen to a lot of like a diverse, you know, I, I listen to heavy music, to acoustic music, to trap music, but it's it's all. I feel like what really inspires me the most is listening to a song that I don't like, and I that I don't want to write my music like that. And it's weird because I have like the opposite effect. Like I, I can listen to a good song and just be like, that's really good. But also with bad music, I'm just, I, I just don't want to write my music like that. So. Hey, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's had a job or whatever. And, you know, somebody tells you like, hey, you know, um, you're going to be training with this person. And they're basically going to show you exactly what not to do. You know what I mean? So sometimes, yeah, sure. uh, yeah. you know, maybe that happens in music, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, we talked a little bit about the diversity uh, on the album Anatomical Heart, and anyone who's listened to it will agree with me that, I mean, there's just a lot of really awesome things going on. It's very intricate in a simplistic kind of way. I know, like oxymoron, but it makes sense when you hear it. Now, how how do you guys approach the writing process? Is there... Is there a structure to it? Every band is so different, and sometimes it just boils down to, like, nothing impressive. It just happens. What's it like for you guys? Well, um, it's it's kind of changed from when we first started writing Anatomical Heart to now. Um, like when when I first set some of the songs on that album were just written when I was making music uh, like as a solo project. Yeah. And then we like when the band got together, the dynamic really changed. So 
you know, it it really ranges, honestly. Like some of the songs were written much more collectively. Like we would just sit down with some riff ideas and then just play through them as a group and then um, come up with like lyrics later. Uh, a lot of them are written as songs that were that were intended to be just acoustic guitar and singing. But then uh, as like the band came together and, and like got more uh, synchronized as a unit, we started uh, writing together more and adding different layers. But um, for me, the songwriting process just has to begin with, I, I, I always begin with uh, just like coming up with the chords and melody. And then if I can't put, if I can't figure out a good first line for the song, I just immediately scrap it. And we, we also, so we like, I, for me, it's a big, a big factor of like grabbing the attention in that first line, coming up with a good hook. I always try to connect every, every single thing I write to a memory or a specific story in my life that I can draw inspiration from. And outside of that, i try not to limit our writing at all we don't try we don't write inside a box at all we will write and do kind of really any style that we want to yeah and so in a way it, it, we try to it's a, bi- a big factor for us when we were putting together the record was how are we going to order this because all the songs kind of have a different flavor to them and making them flow in a sequence is really the hardest part of uh the, the entire process was just deciding okay what order are these songs going to be in how can we present this in a way that's going to make sense and not sound disjointed so Damn, that was awesome. That was a great, a great explanation. And I, I just wanna, I just wanna look a little bit deeper at one little aspect. There is so I loved when you said like, because I know like I, I, I've written some music, nothing great, but I know the process of writing. And you're saying like you get like a couple chords down or whatever, and if you just if if it doesn't resonate for you to like place lyrics to it, you're just like fuck it, it's out the window. Has there ever been a song? like that where Luke you like were kind of like okay screw this song I'm done with it and everyone else is like wait a second hold on like this there's something there um you know it's it's funny because a lot of the stuff that I write and like where I start demoing is just like on my computer so um you know if I if I like come up with an idea and I can't really like get the like the I can't really like progress it forward it usually either just sits on my computer as a couple guitar tracks until I like eventually <laughs> delete it later um I, I don't think there's like a, been a lot of songs that I've that are like riff ideas that I've shown people where I'm like oh I, do, I don't have lyrics for this it really just like comes down to like if I don't if I can't come up with something like lyrically or an idea behind the song I, I it just kind of goes away before it even gets off the ground so a lot of a lot of the songs like that might may have been songs or maybe if i had just like looked at them later but maybe maybe i scrapped them too soon but i guess it just comes down to like if i don't feel the inspiration for it i don't want to like uh, i don't want to harp on it too much i don't want to sit there and try to force something out that isn't there and so i end up just waiting until something does come to me that's a little bit more solidified it's, a, so. it's an intriguing approach so i appreciate that insight very very cool so uh, to finish off the topic right now of anatomical hearts we're going to talk a little bit more about it here after uh, we play a track but has anyone ever given you guys any interesting feedback on this album throughout the last year and when i say interesting i mean just anything that maybe caught you off guard or like you know a fan like it really resonated with and like you know inspired them or appeared that it inspired anything like that that you can remember um yeah we i mean we've just gotten a lot of uh like different feedback from uh different perspectives you know it's i always like think it's interesting to hear um different perspectives on our music because you know when you write an album and you're sitting there and you're so involved in it and for so long and then alongside that you play it every night and then 
like you've heard it a million times you never know like what people are going to think from the first time hearing it in that perspective mm -hmm. so in that way it always you're you're sitting here going well I'm, I'm like sharing this music that i've i've played out myself but it could be completely new to somebody else and uh we i think like uh one of some of the most interesting feedback we've gotten was um like from this youtube review of our record um this guy named Blake McConnell reviewed the whole record and did a track by track, which was uh, kind of neat to hear his feedback on it. But um, one of our favorite songs from the record, uh, Unhealthy, which is the, uh, <clears throat> which is kind of like a, a three, four, like swing, like waltzy sort of like acoustic ballad in a way, um, was his least favorite song, even though it's one of our favorites and like a fan favorite, uh, just because he didn't uh, really like three, four swing time songs yeah. at all. That was just like, it's an interesting perspective to see somebody listening to the record and then uh, basically casting out a song based on the time signature alone. Yeah, and Jesus. He, was, uh, he got confused because uh, I was the one singing that song and it wasn't Luke. So he was just like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> it's not Luke, you know? It's not Luke. <laughs> So oh weird, man yeah. so i mean hell that's like such a compliment when you think about it that you have fans that are dissecting your music like that <laughs> yeah for sure yeah damn but, um but yeah i mean uh shout, shout out to his channel though and he, do, he does uh great review work regardless and he, he does go in depth and and uh so just wanted to plug his channel not trying to uh to uh, bring him up in any negative light at all. Oh no, definitely not i mean it's it's constructive feedback it's uh it's interesting like that you have fans that will go into the music and really break it down. I think that's amazing. So, yeah, good work. Check that kind of stuff out, and I, I encourage more people to do that. What we're going to do right now is listen to Greyhound, which is going to be found on this deluxe edition of Anatomical Heart. We'll talk about it after we jam. So, everybody, this is Greyhound from Woven in Hiatus. Enjoy. i 
So you just finished listening to Greyhounds. This track from Woven in Hiatus, it is about to make an appearance, I believe, officially on an album. So Luke and Richard, I want to talk about something that's happening here right at the end of the week. For those listening at the Adobe premiere, this is one day away now at this point. Uh, There's going to be a deluxe edition of Anatomical Heart coming out uh, via Invogue Records on Friday, November the 17th. Talk to me about this. Yeah, so we're really, really excited about this. Um, the reason that we um, decided to put this out, one was we wanted to keep the stream of music coming. Um, as we're writing, we, we have a, a second uh, full-length record that we're working on right now. A lot of the songs are written or finished from that. Uh, but as we, we knew that it was going to be ready uh, for a 2017 release, and, and uh, Insomnical Heart was a 2016 release, so we wanted to keep the, the flow of music going. We didn't want to like wait too long to put something out, so we decided to do a reissue. And um, one of the main reasons we chose to do the reissue instead of like an EP was because um, a lot like in terms of some of our songs that caught on uh, a little bit more uh, with fans and stuff like that, we kind of wanted to highlight some of the songs that maybe uh, people haven't heard as much of. And we wanted to put a new spin on those songs. And uh, for me, a lot of it was, you know, we uh, we love all of the arrangements on the record and how they ended up coming out. But uh, sometimes basically stripping that down and just leaving the lyric and the uh, the chord progression and the melody uh, really can kind of resonate with people who might not have, have heard another song because of the arrangement. So we wanted to just kind of purify some of the arrangements and put a new spin on them, a new light on them. And uh, and that's kind of the reason that we're doing the reissue. We didn't we also didn't want to make it kind of like a like a lazy reissue where it's like, oh, here's like one or two new bonus tracks or something like that. We really wanted to we wanted to add a lot to it so that it would be worth it for people who are, are picking it up. So we added we added five new tracks, which we're excited about. Yeah, I mean, this is really going to be beautiful to, to get what you're uh, getting on this deluxe. So for those who don't know, uh, so Greyhound was a single that dropped toward the end of September, right? It was not on an album. Uh, no, yeah, it had not been on the album yet. That's the uh, the only new song on the reissue that's like that's never before been released. Right. So you got you're getting Greyhound. That's been out for a couple months and it's phenomenal. And then from what I'm seeing, there's then four acoustic versions. So we got Ordinary People, Scarlet, Long Road, and Bed Frame. So of those four acoustic, tell me one that you're just most excited about, or one that maybe uh, really pushed the band to to think about things in this perspective. I feel like uh, personally, I'm most excited about Scarlet. Um, with Scarlet and the full band, it, it gives it that you know heavier vibe to our songs. Um, but on the stripped down acoustic version, it's it's very mellow and the, the loop changes up the you know vocal melody a little bit to give it a little spice, and it's it's, it's great. It's great. I love it. 
Yeah, we're we're definitely excited about Scarlet. I'm I'm like to me the one that I'm uh, most excited about releasing is Ordinary People because it has uh, my favorite lyrics from the record and um, that song specifically like in the uh, in the album version has a really big arrangement with like a lot of like it's kind of droney and, and shoegazy and I love that arrangement of it but I'm really excited just for the lyrics to really cut through on that song specifically so so you mentioned Greyhound wasn't really around when Anatomical Heart first dropped and you know became a single on its own it's never been on an album so give me kind of the breakdown on the timeline of when Greyhound I guess came about and how it's falling into place now yeah definitely so for that song specifically um uh when I wrote it uh we were I was we were still in Boston at that time um I kind of wrote it and recorded it in the same time that we it was very early stages of um writing the like the newer record so when I was writing it so we had kind of like had started taking the newer record into one direction specifically and and we were writing like the lyrical themes and the feel of the album have um, matured and, and gone into a different direction. So when I wrote Greyhound, it still felt to me like the lyrics of that song and what it was, what it was about really kind of connects more with Anatomical Heart. And it does feel like an addition where um, with Anatomical Heart, a lot of the songs touch on certain experiences that I had been going through. But uh, Greyhound really was just kind of a closure song to where like, it, this is going to be the song that kind of wraps up and closes off everything in anatomical heart. And it still felt like it was part of a part of that writing, a part of the theme of that album more so than it would be for our new music. So that's why we decided to kind of uh, revise anatomical heart and add that song to it. So what was the process like then to go back and revisit such an incredible album? You know, I I'm sure that, it probably wasn't easy to really like delineate and specify what songs to to look at and and put that twist to it. What what was it a a fun experience? What was it like? Um well, it was it was definitely for uh for me it was a really fun experience. Um it's it was a different experience than writing the record because uh we recorded the the the, the actual first 10 songs on the album um with Nick Ingram uh up in Galena, Ohio. And uh, so, the, but the uh, the deluxe edition songs are self-recorded, and the next record's going to be self-recorded as wow. well. So it was a different, it was a it was a much different uh, process in terms of recording them and writing them. I could spend more time on it. Um, and I was and I, what I wanted to do with them, and one thing that um, I think people will notice about the the reissue songs is that they're they're recorded a lot more raw, and they're recorded to be kind of like one performance. Um, instead of you know it's 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 supposed to be very like stripped down like you're in a room hearing somebody play the song and intimate so that's kind of uh the direction we went in those but it was interesting to sort of look at the perspective of um as a, as like somebody who uh is looking back on songs that I wrote a long time ago some of these songs I mean ordinary people for example is a song that was written um even before like the band was started and so it's been years since I wrote that song but it's trying to connect to those emotions that I originally had when I wrote the songs was definitely something that was an interesting, um, it was just an interesting time, I suppose. We just had in her own words on the show last week, uh, they're dropping a deluxe on their album unfamiliar. I believe it's December the 8th via in Vogue Records. So, you know, we're keeping it in the family. I talked to Joey and I asked him this question. And so I want to ask you both, this question now what's it like working within vogue uh, i think they're a great uh a great you know house here in the music scene and they've got a killer resume of artists so what do you think 
Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's awesome that you're able to talk to Joey. I spent uh, a month with him straight playing shows. We did uh, we did the Invogue Records acoustic tour to, acoustic tour to jet, together with uh, JT Woodruff. Yeah, he talked and about so, it with yeah. me last week. I, it's phenomenal. This is so cool. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, and his band is really, really good. He's literally one of the most talented vocalists that I know. Yeah, um, very but, distinct like, style. For sure, he uh, he really just kind of breaks the mold in the pop punk game, and I and all respect to him and uh, that band. And um, you know, it was a pleasure like hearing him play songs every night. And um, but working with Invogue is awesome because um, a lot of the artists we do connect to and we we listen to in our spare time. You know, I don't really listen i honestly listen to much other pop punk bands besides in her own words at this point we are we're always spinning them and so i think it's it's really something we've met some of our best friends from being on the label and um those experiences and these people we've met are something that we would never trade for anything so it's been it's been a great experience working with them hell yeah now was there anything that was going to make the deluxe that got cut or something that maybe you all wanted to do and there there just wasn't the means for it this time around and you've been teasing a little bit about you know another like album that's coming next year essentially so i mean it could just kind of translate into that but anything that got kind of left off well you know uh i don't think there was anything that got left behind but um one thing uh, that was actually the biggest struggle was um, our sing- our first single from the uh, original release, uh, Bed Frame, was probably the hardest song to do. I think there was like three drafts of that song stripped down. And I did um, the first one was just an acoustic guitar. The second one was more of an electric guitar version. And then the final one ultimately ended up being an electric guitar version as well, just electric guitar and vocal. But every version of that song, I just felt like really not too hot about before like before i finally got to the last one i don't know if it's something like psyching myself out just that that song ended up becoming our most popular song and i just didn't feel like as though what i was making was living up to that that was definitely like the most frustrating experience is just recording versions and being like uh i don't know if this is going to live up to like what i want the expectations for this to be so i think that at the very least there's a couple more versions of that floating in my computer somewhere that are probably never going to be heard uh i always tell bands whenever i talk to them when when these scenarios exist with like this uh this arsenal of like unfinished music man would it be sick to just kind of drop some of that like like untouched unpolished unfinished man people would go crazy for that shit i would yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at like releases like uh, that Nirvana box set. That's like every single thing that Kurt Cobain ever recorded yeah. for all history. That's like 15 discs. You know what I mean? Yeah. People like I'm sure that people are spinning that still. So I think people definitely like that. That uh, especially now in 2017, where we have all these channels to deliver um, music to people. Yeah. Um, you know, you can really sort of like put out your process there and 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 show people like you know. And it's crazy too how much an arrangement can affect perception of a song and and how and how like certain arrangements become more popular in people's eyes. So I'm really curious to see, you know, with these new arrangements, what people think of them. Are they gonna prefer the older versions? Is it gonna is it gonna be something or is it gonna be something that takes off in a way where they actually like the newer versions? I'm not sure, but I'm excited to see how it how it unfolds. Yeah, this is really exciting, and this deluxe edition of Anatomical Hearts from Woven in Hiatus will be available Friday, November the 17th. Get your hands on it. There's five, uh, one brand new song, four versions that are essentially brand new because they are stripped down, they're acoustic, and a whole different take on them. Get your hands on it, and then let everybody know what you think 
we're curious and uh, woven in hiatus, man, this is going to be an exciting experience on Friday and for a lot to come after. So to transition then, uh, just real quick, actually, you, you mentioned that there's a new album. What can you even tell me about this? I mean, is it, are we expecting this in 2018? Yes, for sure. It's definitely going to come out in 2018, um, hopefully earlier rather than later. Um, it's a, it's probably about halfway done at this point um, in terms of, you know, like most of it's written and now we're just recording it. But uh, we're really excited about it. We're excited to uh, start transitioning shows into playing some of these songs. Uh, on our upcoming tour, we're actually playing one, one new song that, that hasn't been released yet. But uh, we're really excited about it. I think that looking back at Anatomical Heart, we all all agree that we've grown as writers and it's and it gets to a point with your old music where you still uh, appreciate it for what it was but i think that moving forward we're all excited to just kind of get beyond some of like the thing the kinks that we were working out in our earlier writing and i think we're you know it's and now that we've been able to write together more and we've spent more time on it i think it's just going to be a, a more polished product but it's also um, something that we're trying to keep as as raw and as viscerally emotive as the first record so it's it's been it's been a it's been a longer writing process but i think we're much more excited about this release for sure i think i remember you mentioning that the rec- like the actual recording of this is more in house can you elaborate yeah so um me and uh nick Cassis, our bass player we uh we have a uh production space here at our house and uh we're, we've been recording a lot of uh bands lately in nashville and uh, artists as well some really really talented artists but we uh we're self-recording this record and we chose to mostly for the sake of you know we wanted to have as much time as we as we could on it and we wanted to really spend some time on on the production side of it this time around but um it's been, it's it's been a definitely uh more arduous process recording everything it's less uh it's less of going into the studio and having a good time and goofing around and then you know like still working but this this is really just going to be like taking on everything uh definitely at least puts more of the uh the stress of the project on ourselves but we're uh we're ready to take it on probably we'll have some other ears on it um for like a at least an, like a i guess like an external mix and master um just so that we ha- we do have other ears on it we have somebody keeping in check what we're what we're doing but very cool. Very cool. I, I respect that approach. Thanks, man. All right. So moving on to even more exciting news, starting December the 1st, uh, going through the 13th, actually, December, Woven in Hiatus will hit the road with September Stories uh, in support of the Anatomical Heart Deluxe release uh, on this Seekers tour. So this this is pretty exciting. You guys feature September Stories in the album so obviously there is a bond and a connection what are you looking forward to most about these upcoming dates i'm, I'm looking forward uh you know hanging out with september stories they're really you know great friends of ours and um we finally get to play anatomical heart the, the track that they're featured on live yes and it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great experience i i love you know we have band chemistry you know like we feel each other as people you know and so yeah definitely one of those things being out there in the trenches every day with people that you really like click with is just so important because in in a lot of areas you have to cut back on certain like things that you have become accustomed to in everyday life and you have to kind of really be out there and so to have people going through that same experience uh with you who are like just some of the nicest people you've ever met september stories are literally some of the greatest dudes you've ever met um 
and it's just going to be it's just going to be awesome and we just really love we're, uh, working with them and collaborating hopefully we'll do another collaboration for the next re- record and i can't wait to hear their record every night honestly that's what i'm excited for because we lo- we've been listening to it a ton here so it's gonna be great it's it's always just so nice i'm sure at, from the band's perspective and, and and it translates to to everybody else to all the fans when the band's on uh, a tour have a chemistry or you know it doesn't mean that they have to even know each other going into it. the chemistry can happen almost instantly but obviously you've built a relationship of rapport with this band so th- this is gonna be a fun one for those who are this this tour is hitting more of the south from what i understand i saw a good amount of florida virginia south carolina um if you're in those areas get your asses out there this is going to be really really good here to end out 2017 it's co-headlining right so how do you guys approach this i'm curious um so yeah basically our approach is what um so i think uh september stories unfortunately lost their drummer recently and so our, our drummer nick is going to be uh playing with them as well uh but i i, I don't think we fully worked out yet um if we're going to switch off uh playing last i think i think that's kind of what the plan is going to end up being but um, we since we're also gear sharing a lot of things, it's gonna kind of be a seamless transition, and we're gonna whoever ends the set is gonna end with anatomical heart, and uh, then they'll transition to the next set. So it's gonna hopefully be like a, a seamless transition. That's what we're going for. But um, yeah, I think I mean I think it's it's a good to have, you know, they they do spoken word and the styles are definitely they do connect. But it'll be good to have, you know, um, two headlining bands that are doing something completely different to keep things interesting i don't i uh i definitely like going to shows where there's different bands on the tour of all different styles rather than kind of doing the same thing so we're excited about that element too do you ever listen to hotel books uh yes well our our uh our new guitar player caleb um who joined the band uh like six months ago i want to say he uh he was actually the hotel books guitarist for run wild young beauty and run wild stay alive Shit. Hey, uh, Cam Smith, that that album that that just dropped from Hotel Books is phenomenal. And it I don't know, for some reason, uh, I get similar vibes from it with you guys. You mentioned uh, September Stories is more of like spoken word and things like that, which is also kind of what Hotel Books is. And I also got some uh, uh, fuck what fleet the the fleeting foxes. Is that what they're called? I cannot even remember right now. Um. Yeah, fleet, I think Fleet Foxes. Fleet, that's it. God damn it. Yeah, I'm, I have their vinyl sitting right next to me. I'm not even fucking saying the name right. What Do you pull from them at all? Because I really, really can just feel a good vibe between the two. Yeah, definitely. We, we love Fleet Foxes, and we definitely pull a lot of influence from them as well. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. Glad to to kind of talk about some of that here. This tour with September Stories is going to be just honestly one to go out and check out. What What's the best part of touring for you guys? I mean, obviously there's, you know, the, 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 the regular kind of thing to say, I guess, but just kind of if you could branch it off into something a little bit more personal, what's your favorite thing to do about touring? All right. Well, I guess uh, me and Richard will each do our own. Yeah. Um, to me, like my favorite part of being on tour is, uh, is actually just the experiences of how, um, I don't know, just how like tough it gets in a way because you're all there like together and you're experiencing an adventure. Like, you know, like when you have these like long insane drives overnight or you're, or you're just pushing yourself to your absolute limit with shows and playing, um, it can just be crazy. Like we, when we did the uh, Invogue Records acoustic tour, we literally did 25 shows before a day off. And most <laughs> of them were overnight drives that were like eight hours. 
And um, it was all in a, and I, it was just um, me, Joey, JT, and two members of Hazing. So it was, it was the first tour I'd done without my band, but connecting with all, all of these people, like meeting people and like sharing stories and just really getting to know somebody um, in that way where you're, you're just, you're in a car with them, you're just driving along, like you guys have to get to know each other or basically like the tour is going to flop. <laughs> it's just pushing yourself to that extreme is just like, it's invigorating in a way where even when you're on the road, you might be like, wow, tough but then when you're off the road you kind of get addicted to that feeling and you're like yeah i want to kind of break from the monotony of like doing things like easily in everyday life like let's get back on the road and like let's get out there so and uh i feel like my favorite thing about tour is waking up in a new place every day you know like getting to see so many things and uh meet so many different people where you know they come to our shows and we get to talk to them and um, it, it's just, it's just overall a great experience. And, you know, especially spending it with my best friends, you know, in the band and, uh, you, you get to know them even more and you get closer to them and just relationships just build all around for everything on tour, you know, whether it be with a fan or with someone that you're playing with every night, you know, and you gain new friendships and it's just, it, it's, it's probably my, my favorite thing to do in the world is play music with my friends. <laughs> touring and being being in a touring band and man it, there's a lot of sacrifices i talk to a lot of people about that all the time uh which is like how much really goes into being in a band and a successful one and one that's as active as woven in hiatus so uh mad respect that you guys like still see like the sunny side to it and because a lot of people kind of get lost in just how grueling it really can be so uh it's refreshing to hear that now thinking still on the topic of touring is there a particular like item or i I don't know something that's got to come with you on tour beyond like you know whatever you need to do your job obviously like the musical equipment but like for me for example like i love playing video games so i definitely would have like my switch with me or like an xbox or something what do you guys got to bring with you uh well last tour we brought uh i mean like just at home all the time we're constantly playing super smash brothers (laughs) so we just brought that last tour and you know, we would literally set anytime we had a green room, it would get set up and we'd just be playing it constantly. <laughs> I think it's getting to the point where we just like, I mean, it's, we literally play it every day here. So it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's always fun to just like bring it around. And it's also something that connects like random bands who end up meeting on tours. A lot of times there'll be like other, you know, we'll end up seeing other shows from like people on our label on tour. That's happened a lot. And so like making that connection is pretty easy when you just have like a game going and, and, a lot of a lot of people, at least from our experience in bands, have played Smash Bros a ton. So it's definitely like at least a way to get a conversation going and people connected and stuff like that. Luke, who's yeah. better, you or Richard? Ah, uh, Richard. Yeah, wow, no I, hesitation. I yeah, it's it's frustrating playing him because he just wins every time. So, so Richard, who's your what character do you use? Mart. Oh, Mart. Ten out of ten. I um, Mart has this move. It's like a counter move. And every time they try to attack me, that's going to kill me. I just counter them and kill them. So, yeah. Is this the one on the Wii or what, what game system? Yeah, we have, we have uh, the Wii, so we play Brawl. But. Dude, I would love to. One of these times when you're in Pittsburgh playing, uh, if you've got this, I'd love Because that is my jam, too. I mean, I, I'm Pikachu, and I could put up a pretty damn good fight. Luke, who do you go with? Hey, man. Hey, man, the next time we're in Pittsburgh, we'll hook you up with a guest list and you'll come through and, and you can see if you can beat Richard better than us, man. Dude. The, the, the lightning bolt? Oh, that move is just 
ridiculous. I know it pisses <laughs> off a lot of people because it's right above. You know, we could go into a whole conversation about Smash, and I feel like I'm about to. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna reel it back in. But I will take you up on your offer, gentlemen. When you're in Pittsburgh, I will come on out and I will be Pikachu, and I will take you on, and we'll see who wins for bragging rights only. Shots fired. <laughs> You heard it here on Spinning Thoughts. All right, so uh, this this tour again, December one through December thirteenth, with September stories. Uh, is is this ending the year then, or is there anything else like in the last two weeks of December that that is going to be happening? Um, I think that's going to be basically like pulling in our year after that release. We're going to be like promoting that heavily, and then the tour, and then we're we're going to come back, and at that point, we're just going to start um, uh, migrating out to family for Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. And, pretty much take a little a little break from it for me at least um i know i can and i i know probably a lot of other musicians or just artists in general um like can relate to this but i'm always like in my own head about stuff thinking of things that i can kind of do better um and just sort of like pressuring myself in that way and like christmas is definitely a time that i choose to just let all of that go and just you know i've done all i can for the year and let's yeah so as, as soon as we pretty much wrap that up i'm gonna be in shut off mode and just let things let the, the the chips fall as they will and it's well deserved richard what about you you got any big plans coming up then for over the holidays yeah i'm actually going back to uh, massachusetts for about a month i'm gonna see my family that i haven't seen in uh, months uh, i'm gonna see my mom my you know my brothers and it's gonna it's gonna be a great you know a little time off a little break from everything and then i'm gonna come back to nashville after that and uh, get right back to it you know yeah, the the December month, I mean, a lot of, a lot kind of slows down in the music industry, and that doesn't mean that bands are taking any time off. Like you said, Luke, uh, all year long, like you're internalizing what's happening, and there's so much pressure and stress. I can't even imagine what you guys feel, you know. So to like be able to recharge is is symbiotic with with the music and the band and what's about to happen. Wouldn't you agree? For sure, yeah, and that that'll definitely be refreshing for uh, 2018. When I'm hoping to get out a single um, for our record in January or February, don't don't quote me on that, but that's kind of the hope. We'll we'll get that out and then wait for a few months to release the full record. But probably a new expect a new single in 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 January or February time time frame. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Cannot wait. So before we wrap up this episode 111 with Luke and Richard from Woven in Hiatus, I just want to touch upon this real quick. Uh, I don't normally talk about the uh, like Facebook bios and whatnot for bands. Uh, I do check them out because some are just fucking hilarious. Like they are obviously just like trying to make you laugh and they succeed very often. I didn't get that from, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't get that from woven in hiatus. I mean, I, I felt it was fairly accurate and honest. You mentioned an extremely diverse group of bands that have like collectively influenced the band. I did see pink Floyd is one Floyd's one of my favorite bands ever i just they blow me away every time i listen to their music uh how is floyd in, inspired uh you know I, i'm is this luke is this richard both of you guys how has this inspired you guys um pink floyd's definitely uh more so like in in my realm of influence uh but i kind of first discovered them uh, and like when i was getting into music my my dad gave me his uh his whole record collection for a christmas present one oh, year wow and it's eight he was like a really big music fan in the, in the, like the really golden age of rock era. So he has like every who record, all the yes records, all the pink Floyd. 
and like he and he was like really collector about it so he has like like if he liked a band it's like he's got everything there so that's when i first started listening to pink floyd it's just when i got those records and to me they've always um like kind of represented some of my favorite elements of music being like writing a record that has themes and that that takes you from one place to another place in a, in a cohesive way and then um I, I, I love their songwriting for that i love a lot of the the fact that it's kind of a full band but still has an acoustic mellow kind of melancholy feel oh, yeah. to it that's something that i've adopted in my writing um as well but just their lyrics their their control of dynamic everything that they do to me is just perfect and so i've, I've always just kind of looked to them as like a as like a place to say you know like a band that that really does like they're a rock band and they have like parts that really like make that are jammy but at the same time they're kind of pensive and subdued it's just something that's always intrigued me and influenced my writing so are you more of a waters or gilmore fan uh waters i agree with you richard do you have an opinion um i mean i i've never really sunk into deep deep into uh pink floyd really as a you know musician's perspective but the things that I've heard, I've really liked. You know, it's not like it's just like the band. Also, uh, something like to look for in 2018, we are doing a cover. It's like uh, almost fully done recorded, but we're, we're kind of building up our YouTube channel again, doing some covers. And uh, we have a Pink Floyd cover of Breathe on the way. Oh, dude, that is, I cannot wait. When is this supposed to be happening? In 2017? Um, probably, it'll probably be, re- be released like really early 2018, maybe okay. early 2017, not, not too sure yet, but Ooh. yeah, I love that song and we love slide guitar, especially like I love playing slide and that's like a lot of our leads end up being slide guitar leads. And so I'm like really excited about that, that cover. Yo, I can't wait for that. Seriously. That just made my night. Thank you for that. Oh my God. That's going to be phenomenal. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, now, Hey, you know, if you you need somebody to give you an early listen and a, and a little write about it before, you know, it drops, you let me know. I'd be glad to do it for you. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank <laughs> you. We, we uh, really appreciate all, all the support. And it's been it's been really awesome talking with you, man. You seem like a great guy. All right, dude. I appreciate it. To finish off this Floyd conversation, though, I got to know, do you have a favorite album from them? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I like all of their albums for different reasons. Um, but just for sentimentality purposes, the first record that got me into them was dark side. And as you know, you get into a band and listen through all of their discography, you find reasons to like everything, but I'm, I'm like a sentimental person and I, I'm a cheesy person. So I, I like really just can never abandon the fact that that was like the album that got me into them so dark side for sure hell yeah man that's a good one they're all amazing so pink floyd it's a little band that maybe some of you guys have all heard so uh luke richard before i let you guys go is there anything else you'd like to add or say here for episode 111 of spinning thoughts um i think that we pretty much uh we pretty much got it all in but we we just love to uh thank you so much for having us it's been a really great time we've really enjoyed talking and um we we uh we love your show i was checking it out uh before the interview and and uh, i love what you're doing i love your work and and we're really happy to be on and excited about it so uh, just thank you so much for having us and and uh yeah just like like we said before shout out to all the great bands we mentioned in her own words september stories and uh yeah Once again, I want to thank Luke and Richard from Woven in Hiatus, first of all, for the very kind words. I do appreciate it. And for being here for episode 111 of Spinning Thoughts, Woven in Hiatus drops their deluxe edition 
of Anatomical Hearts on Friday, November the 17th. They're on tour December the 1st through the 13th with September Stories. And if they're around you, go see them, go give them some love, and it, it'll be worth it, I promise. You can follow us on Twitter at Spin Thoughts. We have a Facebook and an Instagram, you know. You can find us in a lot of different places. We encourage you to do so. You can subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, a whole other bunch of places if you dig. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. I'm super happy with the content. The contributors here at Spinning Thoughts, what they're putting out is phenomenal. So check it out if you're not familiar, thespinningthoughts.com. And of course, every Thursday at midnight, we premiere episodes on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all platforms the following Monday. So check us out every midnight Thursday, Adobe Radio. Everyone, I love you and appreciate you very, very much. There's a lot of craziness going on in the uh, music world and in, you know, it seems really close to home in, in the uh, genre genres of music that we talk about here on Spinning Thoughts. So hope everybody's doing okay out there. You always have a friend here if you need somebody to talk to. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love. We Thank you.